you're selling a product, you know, never take client criticism and notes personally because it's not your art. Design is art for business sake. I want to be my current self from this point forward. I want to learn how to play piano. Working with human beings. Drinking wine in the middle of the day. I want to be a I'm going to be the next greatest painter. Just kind of work with kids, getting them ahead in life. I want to be a welder. I want to be a beach bum. I want to be a baseball player. Brewmaster. A winemaker. Professional snuggler. Let me mention those sweet, hot lavender baths and writing in the evening. What's up, everybody? This is Blake Fletcher, the Half Hour Intern. In today's episode, I interview Wes McDowell about being both a web designer and a logo designer. So two different facets of graphic design. So Wes is a really interesting guy to me because he actually did not get a degree in design and had no aspirations to be a graphic designer when he was younger, thought really nothing of it until later in life. So he'll go over that whole journey and what made him ultimately get started with graphic graphic design and kind of what it's like getting started in graphic design without having any degree behind you. And not only is Wes now in the world of graphic design, but he started his own graphic design firm called The Deep End Design and as well back in 2011 started his own graphic design podcast called The Deeply Graphic Design Cast. So he'll go over starting both of those along with plenty of other information for us. So without further ado, here is web design. Wes, thank you so much for being on the show. Thanks for having me, Blake. Love it. Absolutely. So on your website, it says that you do web design, print design, logos, and in your little intro video, it talks about how you handle all these different facets of those things. Before we kind of go into each of those things and how you do each of those things and and what makes them all up, why don't you kind of tell us the opposite and like what don't you do and and why don't you do (laughs) the things that you don't do in the graphic design world? Okay, interesting. And you did bring up print, which happens to still be on my website. That's being taken down. Um, I have. It's funny how the niches just kind of find you. You know, like everyone can talk about how they want to go for a certain niche, but um, you know, and I started out in print design, and then now it's turned out that almost you know ninety five percent of what I do is web design and logo design. So. As a result of that, I've gotten kind of, I would say, rusty with some of the programs like that people use to design brochures and that kind of thing. And it's it's just no longer really in my wheelhouse. So print is definitely something that I'm phasing out. I don't really like to do it. And truthfully, that's not really where the money is in design these days. So Yeah, I would have to imagine. I mean, print yeah. is a dying art form. Kind of, unfortunately. Yeah. But in, and the unfortunate part is it's where so many um, younger designers kind of want to focus their energy because, you know, they see cool concert posters, movie posters, and these are kind of the glamorous ends of it. But really the day-to-day of print design is, you know, brochures and, you know, uh, uh, you know corporate corporate collateral for fortune 500 companies and stuff, you know, boring yeah. stuff. <laughs> yeah. For people with the big money for sure. Exactly. Yeah. So talk to us a little bit more about, um, logo design. Cause that's something that really interests me. I, I just had to get a logo design for my podcast, which I love. And I, yeah. you know, I had to discuss with the, with the graphic designer a lot back and forth to try to design this logo. And it's really interesting process that, that mm-hmm. I think people should know more about. So talk to us about, designing a logo with a client. 
Oh, sure. And by the way, you do have great album art. I love it. <laughs> Thank it's you one, so much. So many uh, podcasts on iTunes, just you gloss over it because the album art just looks so bad, but uh, your, yours is pretty rocking. So, but anyway, <laughs> um, logo design, I got into that a while back. Um, it's, it's fun to do and it's the mo- it's very rewarding, but it can be very, um, you, you can pull your hair out from it as well because when you're designing a logo for a client, Okay, let's take a step back. If you're designing a website for a client, you're, you're providing all these different aspects for them to look at. When you're designing a logo for a client, you're giving them everything in one tight little package. So it makes it hard when, if they feel like they're not getting uh, you know, the sun and the moon and the skies and butterflies in their stomach and everything from looking at it, if that makes sense. Oh, well, so yeah, let me, let me talk uh, a little bit about the, the consumer perspective of, or I'm sorry, the, the person getting the logo design for them. Like now that I, I recently had to go through this, it puts, it puts you in such a kind of weird, interesting position. I, I felt like both myself and the designer were put in a weird spot, you know, because he keeps on generating all these different ideas for me. And like you said, it's like, I'm wanting something to just sweep me off my feet. I'm wanting Mm -hmm. to just fall in love and be like, of course, that's it. Like it has to be that it could be nothing else. And when I see a version of a logo that is not like that, I'm just like, dang, like, I don't know what to do, but this guy keeps on working for me. And it's like, you want so bad as the person that's having something designed for you, you want to just say yes. Like you don't, you know, you don't want to act like you're ungrateful or that um, you don't appreciate the artwork or that the artwork is, is even not good because it is really good. It might just not be the thing that you're thinking. But at the same time, you don't know what the thing is that you are thinking, you know, like there's no guidance (laughs) that you can give. Um, So I guess talk about all those internal struggles from the designer's perspective. Yeah, it's funny because clients often will, when they come to me for a logo, they, they've seen so many other logos and they all say like they want kind of a Coca-Cola, something iconic. Um, The problem with that is Coca-Cola is iconic because it's Coca-Cola. And we've seen it a million, or Nike, <laughs> the Nike swoosh. Do you think if someone provided you the Nike swoosh, you'd like, you know, oh my God, this is, I've seen Jesus, this is it. No, that's so funny. I was thinking that you same know? thing too, yeah. But we've, we have made it into such a big deal because we have seen it so many times. So basically a logo, when I tell clients, and clients are not always fond of hearing this, but I always say it right away. I want you to love this website, this logo, what have you. But you loving it is not the most important thing. And it feels weird to hear that because you're paying for it, right? But what it needs to do is it needs to resonate with your audience. So um, it has to kind of convey the spirit of your company, the branding, and it has to, you know, it has to be appropriate to your business and all that good stuff. But it's not for you as the client. Do you understand? Oh, yeah, totally. And that, and it's very hard for most clients to kind of hear that. But I think whenever you make it more about you than whoever's uh, whoever has to respond to it, that's not really a business decision. And that's kind of you, you've made it more personal than it has to be at that point. Yeah, absolutely. And we're man. all doing this for business. It's not. It's not a logo for your own to frame in your kitchen, you know? <laughs> well, maybe it is. Who knows? Maybe. <laughs> so, uh, all right. It sounds like there's probably a lot more similarities between logo design and web design than I would have thought then in terms of, 
you know, the critiquing of the client and working with the client and stuff like that. Um, so talk to us a little bit more about the, the web design side of things. Now you said that obviously there's kind of more for the client to critique, but that can almost be a, a better thing because they're not putting such a magnifying glass on the whole process. Yeah. You've, you've hit it right in the head. Um, basically when you present a web design to a client, it's, it, it's much easier to point because it's, it's much more of an experience than a logo is. So when I present a, a website, you know, I, I will show it to them and I'll tell them, this is why we did this. And we, this, we talked about that you wanted this, this is your goal. This is how I incorporated it into the website. And there's lots to look at. There's several pages sometimes so that then they're not, you use the word microscope, like they're not putting every little thing under the microscope, but they're looking at it as a whole. And it's much easier to kind of please a client with all the, the totality of that with being able to explain your decisions. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Know? So talk to me about the, the, the process of trying to come up with how to design a client's website or how to design a client's logo. Um, do you consult with the client? I assume ahead of time, where, where does everything start? Oh no, they're not important. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, no yeah, we start with the, uh, it's called a kickoff meeting where after they've of course signed the contract and pay their deposit, then we sit down, uh, usually over Skype or over the phone. And I have a whole list of questions that I ask, about 20 questions, and they they convey to me what their business goals are. And they will also show me some samples of websites or logos or whatever it is we're doing that they, I I don't want to say the word like, but that they respond to and they feel are appropriate Mm -hmm. for what they're looking for. Because style is so subjective that I, I do want to have some sense of what is going to make them tick, you know, and, and if, and if I feel like it's totally inappropriate to what they're asking for and what their goals are, I'm going to say that, you know? And, um, so anyway, so that's what we have the kickoff meeting from there. Ideally I have all the information I need to get started into researching, which is a big part of it. You want to look at the competition, what they're doing right and wrong to see like where other people are misstepping and what other you know, companies are doing that are right on target that we may want to emulate because almost every client I have, it's kind of a new industry. It's not like we're doing, you know, purely hospital websites one after another. Yeah. Yeah. It's all different. So we have to do research and then we will supply in the case of a web design, we'll supply, you know, wireframes up front just to show here's kind of the overall you know, structure of the site. You have the homepage, you have the about us page here, which links to this page. They sign off on that. Then we submit the initial homepage design. They sign off on that. And then we get to work on the internal pages. Interesting. What is, what is a wireframe? I'm sorry. A wireframe is basically what the site looks like without any design applied to it. Okay. So it's basically, this is the box for the the homepage slider where you'll put your promos. Here's where you'll put the blurb about, you know, the about us section, all that kind of stuff. Okay. So, I mean, how long does, does all of this, I mean, obviously it's going to be variable. Um, Mm -hmm. how long on average would you say it takes to design a logo? How long would you say it takes to design a website? If you're, you know, doing, like you said, I mean, you do a lot of work for these clients in terms of research and stuff like that to make sure that their brand is going to come across appropriately. It sounds like it takes a really long time. Well, the research we kind of have down, that doesn't take a whole lot of time to do. You know, we spend a couple of days on that. That's really all it really takes. And then from there, uh, 
It depends on what we're doing. But for I'll, I'll use logo for an ex- example because that's kind of streamlined. So for a logo, what we'll do is we like to promise the first uh, round of concepts within five business days. So that and that can be anywhere from three to ten. Uh, it's the same p- price package. Basically, we deliver because we'll we'll sketch out many many logos, a lot of which don't make that final cut. But if we find that only three are really worth presenting, we'll only show three. If we think ten are presentable, then we'll show all ten. From there, uh, <laughs> this is where it can really take a, a downturn if um, the client isn't prepared to kind of give timely feedback, which is, I think, a diplomatic way of saying <laughs> they drag their asses sometimes. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I always have a little talk with them before we start and say, you know, the, the timeline is really dependent on how quickly you guys get back to us. We waited months between for feedback. Sometimes it's, yeah, that's crazy. It can get crazy. Yeah. It's so interesting to me that people will pay money for something and then just drag their feet like that. It's nuts. Um, so me. what can a client do, um, to make that process go better? So what is the, it, the difference between you really easily coming up with 10 logos for a project and you very difficultly only coming to three? Is there any way that a client can help you out more? Well, a lot of it has to do with many factors. Um, some industries and some, some businesses just really spark the imagination in a different way. Like if it's kind of a fun product or a, something really innovative or interesting, our synapses are firing on all cylinders at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, if it's just kind of a, a law firm, you know what I mean? Like th- there's only so many things you can do with a law firm logo design yeah. because it has to be, um, it has to be conservative and all of these things that you normally think about. So yeah, sometimes we're hindered just based on the research. Yeah. Yeah, for because sure. we found that, you know, you can't have a Google type logo for a law firm. So, yeah. So, Wes, take us back a little bit. What made you want to get into graphic design as a kid or what were you a kid? Like, when did this all happen? <laughs> Not really. I mean, I was always kind of artistic and entrepreneurial as a kid. So I think that I think the entrepreneurial side figures more into it than the, the artistic side. But so I moved to L.A. to be an actor many years ago. Uh, then that didn't really work out. I was an extra in a few movies and stuff. And um, then I, de- I s- decided to go into uh, headshot photography, shooting actors' headshots. From there, um, I was kind of inspired by my sister, actually, wanted to get into graphic design, and she was going to school for it. And that just sounded really cool to me. And I was already kind of – I'd already dropped out of school at this point. Because, you know, the life of an actor, you don't really need an education, right? So <laughs> Definitely. Um, so I, I basically started teaching myself Photoshop. And I started giving myself little fake assignments, like movie posters and that kind of thing. Uh, animated banner ads. So basically, whenever I would want to do one of these projects, I'd have to look up online how to do it. I was using, like, pirated Photoshop software and, like... <laughs> All that kind of stuff because, you know, Photoshop ain't cheap. So Yeah, no doubt. Um, yeah, so I, that was my path. I just taught myself that. Got my first job after that based on my portfolio, and that was a really... When you crappy... say based off your portfolio, you mean based mm-hmm. off your, like, fake portfolio like of, of yeah. not real clients, just the things you were creating? 
Yeah, but that's no different than any any design student has that same portfolio of fake student projects. Okay, cool. That's yeah. So that whenever whenever you're in school, yeah, that they give you the they give you the assignments versus you just giving them to yourself and then works Man. the same. So that's really interesting. You were able to do you feel like you were hurt in your ability to get a job because you did not have a degree in graphic design or it, it all just worked out easily anyways? Not at all with one caveat. Um, most, I, I would say 75% of the time for design jobs, they could care less if you have a degree or not. Um, the one time it did trip me up is when I was living in Seattle. and I was. This is the, the bottom of the recession. Jobs were really hard to come by. And Seattle's home to many big companies like Amazon, those kind of, you know, T-Mobile, those places. Those big companies, they want a degree. Yeah. So... Um, I was put up for several jobs, you know, one at Amazon, one at Starbucks, corporate, not pouring coffee. And um, their, their, their system of applicants, like if you, if you submit an application in their online process and say you, didn't, you don't have a degree, it just goes right into the trash. You yeah, know? for sure. Yeah. But smaller companies, it was just as easy. Yeah, because they don't care. They want to see your book. Yeah. If I'm hiring a designer, I do not care because... I'll tell you what, like my, my sister went to design school, as I said, she finished all four years. Um, there were times when she was calling me, asking me how to do things. Yeah. So it's like, they don't always necessarily teach you everything you need to know. Man, no kidding. I, uh, I just put out an episode this morning about being an architect and she mentioned that. And then I, you know, I I said the same thing. She was saying, you know, I think I learned more in my first year out of architecture school than I did the whole time, the whole five years I was in school. And I was like, man, I think I learned more in my first like month out of school than I did in my (laughs) four years in school. So I mean, Yeah. yeah, that's pretty generic across the board. So if somebody can save the money for going to school and still be able to get a job in graphic design, it sounds like a great option. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, I have a graphic design podcast as well. And we, we give that advice out all the time. That's... We have, a, we answer listener questions and we get that all the time. Like, do I really need to go to school? I, I would say like to the majority of people, however, you probably should go to school. I think some people, and I, I count myself in this group, um, some people are very naturally curious and will take the steps to teach themselves, but a lot of people won't ever do that. Yeah, definitely. You know yeah, I mean? you have to really know yourself well to be able to, to do something like that. Yeah, and a lot of people need that kind of structure in order to learn. So Yeah. So let's talk about now building your... So right now you have your own design firm. So it, it, let's talk about how that all started and then kind of building your own brand and growing that. Okay, great. Um, so yeah, I was in Seattle working, you know, pretty... Uh, pretty terrible design job for a can we can we say that it's classmates.com but anyway sounds awesome uh, yeah if we remember that one that's a blast from the past (laughs) um they're still around somehow but so i was working there and it was just mind-numbingly dull in terms of the design work and i was and i was looking through job ads like i want to get something else in design i this is not this is not cutting it for me and I started seeing a trend of like how much these jobs were paying. You know, to in the design world, there's kind of a ceiling in what you can make. It's not a terribly high-paying job. Mm-hmm. So I kind of figured my best bet to ever you know make a nickel would be to start my own place. So my, a friend of mine kind of encouraged me, and the more I thought about it, the more I'm like, yes, I need to like start my own company. And I did, and it's um, called the Deep End. And 
shortly after that, I moved to LA with it. And, you know, it's, it's been great. It's, it's been slow growth, but talk to me about the time period of getting your first clients and how all that went down. And like, I guess maybe kind of the fear of, of starting your own business without any clients. Yeah. Okay. So I got let go from that job in Seattle at classmates. And from that point, I I luckily had, you know, some money saved up. I I recommend if you're going to do this, if you're going to quit your job and you want to start your own thing, I definitely recommend having about six months um, put aside. I think that you need that in order to um, be able to build your business, build your website, all that kind of stuff, because clients are not going to come knocking on your door right away. Mm -hmm. They're just not. And the other thing I would recommend is to... Talk to a bun- Talk to a lot of recruiters in your area that are into uh, creative businesses, like you know, Filter Twenty Four Seven, Creative Group, places like that, because they won't they won't really get you clients, but they'll get you opportunities where you'll you'll take little jobs that maybe will last a week, and that'll kind of get you by. Because hmm. you're not going to have a lot of billable hours up front. Yeah, yeah, just how it works. Yeah, that's a really good idea to reach out to recruiters. I never would have even thought of that. Yeah, and that's just at first because again, they're not clients. They're just um, they're kind of a way to make ends meet. Yeah, almost like while you're jobs. not exactly cool. So, so you you start building up this client base. Uh, how how exactly are you building up this client base and starting to get big bigger customers and more repeat customers? Sure. Well, my and this is not for everybody, but what I wanted to do, I had a kind of an innate curiosity in the whole idea of search engine optimization. So what I my thought was. I'm going to make my website ultimately like searchable for people who are looking for what I do. So that meant logo design, web design, and at that time print design, but you know, as we talked about phasing that out. So I did everything I could to get my site to rank really highly in LA when people were looking for these things. So I um that's one of the main reasons why I started my podcast in the first place because I wanted people to link to my site. And it's hard to get people to link to just a business website because think about the things you link to. You link to like blog articles or, you know, cat videos, that kind of thing. So, um, I should just be in the cat video business. No doubt. That is a lucrative field. (laughs) So yeah. So I started the podcast for that reason. Um, so that was for designers. So I thought, okay, if we get a following, They'll, they will share my website because of the podcast with their friends. And then in turn, Google gets, I get some attention from Google and the search engines for when customers come calling Mm -hmm. and it worked, it worked out really well. Awesome. Yeah. So now I get some referrals, but in the early days before you get referrals, that's kind of a way to jumpstart it. Now, how does that work for those of us that don't know? If let's say you have a website and you have 100 different pages and each one of those pages is linked to one time. So you have 100 total links across all 100 pages. Is that the same as having 100 links go to just one page of yours? Or I assume it's much better to have 100 links go to only one page of yours. Well, okay. You don't necessarily need a link to every page, though. Think about what pages are important to you. For me, it would be my, um, we, we call them landing pages. So basically, not everyone that finds me on the web finds my homepage. People that are looking for logo design will find my logo design page. People looking for web design find that page. So 
what I wanted to do is get all the links to those two pages. Mm-hmm. I don't care if people find me on my about page. Like that's not oh, no yeah, one's searching for that. But does that so, help out your site overall? Like now when somebody just types in, like you said, like when somebody just types in graphic design and they happen to be in the zip code of Los Angeles, they're more likely to land it. Like, you know, just have your site come up, like your homepage come up because people were linking to other pages of yours. Yeah. It helps. It helps tangentially. Okay. To have people cl- link to other pages on your site. But generally speaking, you want to focus your efforts on, the, the the money pages yeah you know all right so i'm just i'm just taking notes here as i ask <laughs> these questions so those are turning right yeah yeah so talk to us a little bit more about the uh podcast speaking of taking notes so uh you started a podcast in 2011 called the deeply graphic design cast is that is that that's the main reason that you wanted to start this was to get links to your page well that was the main reason well, okay there's two main reasons actually the the good reason that people want to hear and it's it's really true is I'm a I'm a huge fan of podcasts. I found yours. Um, I just listened to a lot of them and there was I started noticing back when I was uh, in the early stages of thinking about doing my own. There was a lot of graphic design podcasts similar to mine now who would do it and they would stop after like twenty episodes. And I got hooked on these podcasts and it's like. Ah, where are they? Let's, this is a bummer. Now I have to like find another one to listen to because I would listen and I would really get into the host and I would, you know, it'd be fun listening. So I thought I'll do it, but except I won't quit Yeah. (laughs) so that people will find it and they'll be inspired too. And, you know, it's just fun to, to put something out into the design community that kind of helps all of us. Yeah, for sure, man. Because there's so many things that like younger designers, especially just the missteps people make and they can learn from me and my co-hosts. So absolutely. What would you say are like the top two or three things that you have to repeat over and over again uh, in terms of missteps that people make in the design world? Uh, Not having a contract signed. So many people want to just, they'll do favors for their friends or their new. So they, they don't want to have that awkward discussion about contracts or money. So they just they get burned every time when that happens. Um, another one: charge what you're worth, but don't come out of the gate charging too much, because you you can only charge what you have earned the right to charge. But don't charge you know thirty dollars for a logo. Don't you know these websites like Ninety Nine Designs drive me nuts, where it's just like crowdsourced logos and everyone submits twenty designs and only one person gets paid in the end. That's just low self-esteem as a designer right there yeah for sure let's talk a little bit about that how do you how do you determine what you're worth i think about that with art so much of the time Mm um like i have a lot of friends who are artists and about i don't know a little over a year ago one of my friends jumped from selling his paintings in the hundreds of dollars to selling them in the low thousands of dollars and he basically just had to make the decision at one point like this is what i am now worth like this is how i want to portray myself this is how i want to portray my art but there was really no other no other catalyst for that you know i mean as an artist you can only paint so much so it's not like you have just people beating down the door like i need your painting i need your painting sure um how and i i imagine that's somewhat similar to to graphic design at first how how do you decide how to how to price yourself and what exactly you're worth okay well what I do is I, whenever I take on a job, I don't 
quote it hourly. I quote like just a, a fixed price, but it's based on my hourly rate and it's based on how many hours it's likely to take. So when you're just starting out as a designer, you should be charging somewhere, I, I would say somewhere around 30, 35 an hour, and they can go way up. Mm-hmm. They can go to over $100 an hour once you're, once you're really good and you, and you know what you're doing and you have a good book. Yeah. Um, so, but there's so many people out there that are charging way less and they're letting their clients kind of walk all over them to where they, they end up having to do much more work than was originally agreed upon. So if I'm designing a logo for a client and I say I'm going to deliver between three and ten concepts with three rounds of revisions included, some clients will keep you on that mouse wheel for like 20 rounds of revisions. And a lot of designers that are younger, they don't know to say no. And they don't know to say, but we have in a, in a contract that we have three rounds. So now we have to revisit this price issue. Yeah, yeah. You know? So and there be there will become a time when, I, and I think what I always tell people the most is when you start telling everyone how much you charge and everyone just says yes, very quickly. Now you know you need to charge a little bit more because you're you're probably undervaluing yourself. Yeah, no doubt, man. Good advice. Um, what would you say is the best part of graphic design and the best part of now owning your own business? Best part about graphic design, it's just a passion of mine. I'm only truly happy when I'm kind of creating something, and I know that sounds pretty hippy dippy, but um, I, I just love getting in front of my computer and and sketching something out and making something from nothing that's going to serve a purpose for a business or, or for what have you. Um, it just makes me happy. It's not for everyone and not everyone has that creativity. Some people are better suited for more math skills, not me. Um, so yeah, I, I just love it for that reason. And, but other question was best part about owning my own business. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's an easy one because I get to, call the shots and I get to decide who I want to work with and who I don't. That's another big thing I hit on, on, on my podcast is not just taking every client that comes your way. Um, so now I, I have the, the power to, you know, once you've been doing this long enough and you have, don't have the shortage of clients, you can kind of say no to, to some of them. Yeah, definitely, man. And in side note, I really recommend that anybody listen to your podcast, not just people that are looking for graphic design advice. That's something that I found so nice about your podcast. Um, once you email me was that there, there was still stuff that I could listen to, you know, just if you are any cool. type of small business owner, there's so much relevant information there. You know I mean? Things translate to, to whatever it is. So nice. yeah, thanks, Blake. it's a great podcast. Um, all right, so why don't you leave us off with, we've already given out quite a bit of advice, but if you could give like a step one um, or a number one piece of advice to somebody looking to possibly get into graphic design, what would that be? To get into graphic design or to like start their own? Both. Just to get into, okay. Step one to get into graphic design is you need to explore as many different styles as possible. You need to not get into a rut of a style that's just your own. I've seen this happen a lot with designers. Unless you particularly have like a great style, then maybe stick with it. And the other thing I would say is to never uh, mistake graphic design for art. And that's a controversial one. We have a lot of listeners to the design cast who 
are younger and they want to think of it all as art for art's sake. Design is art for business sake. Never forget that. <laughs> that <is> well said. <laughs> You're selling a product and, um, you know, never take client criticism and notes personally because it's not your art. It's, it's to sell a product. It's to move the needle for your client. So man, that's a few things, but <laughs> I, I love that. That was, that's great, man. Um, damn Wes, thank you so much for all the info, man. I wish we had more time, but that was, that was great. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you, Blake. It was great being on. All right. Take care. Hey everyone, it's Blake. I hope you all enjoyed the episode. I have some exciting news to share with you. We made shirts. So if you are a fan of the show and would like to support or you just need a new kick-ass article of clothing, go over to halfhourintern.com and you can check out what we got. Just click on the merch button and you can see photos of myself and my fiance trying on both the men's and women's shirts that we have available. Thank you so much for your support.